Hey there, how you doing? Welcome back to another Manly Musing segment of the Survival Show podcast with your host, Craig Cottle. I'm the director of Nature Reliance School, super co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Glad you are here with me again today to discuss all things survival, particularly when it's just me discussing things as it relates to what we're calling Manly Musings, because I'm a man and I'm musing, right? Today, I have a couple of big words for you. We're going to talk about it as it relates to the pandemic, as it relates to the mask, as it relates to a lot of things. I think you might be able to understand, hopefully yourself better. I know studying this topic helps me to understand myself better so that I can make appropriate decisions. The two big words today are cognitive dissonance. I have a hard time even saying it. Basically, the way I usually communicate this so I don't use such big words is to say that it's oftentimes hard for us to admit that we make mistakes. But I'm going to go into the mindset behind this a little bit today. The reason this came up is we were having a discussion on how we can learn from our mistakes in a recent uh, group discussion on our Nature Reliance School community page. So that's what I wanted to get into today. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget to check out the sponsors in the description below. And as we move forward, David and I still have yet to get together for a podcast. So we'll see if we can get that figured out. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's sometimes him, sometimes me. And man, it's just been awkward as of late to try to get together with one another. A lot of stuff going on for both of us, that's for sure. But with that said, uh, take a look at the description below for any of our sponsors that might be taking a look and helping and supporting what it is that we do. And if you are a business out there and you're interested in sponsoring the Survival Show podcast, then by all means, look in the description below and find contact information for us and send us some contact. Let's get started. Now, uh, the reason this topic came up, again, is, is I'm trying to encourage people well, it was kind of a weird roundabout way the way we got to it is that we were discussing the TV show alone. If you haven't watched the TV show alone, it's basically uh, contestants, participants in a in a show to try to win some money. They get on and they film themselves in the outdoors living off the land, basically. They're allowed to take X amount of items. I haven't watched the show in several years, so I don't know what it was. But I, I want to say in the beginning it was like 10 to 20 items or something. I can't even remember. But they get to take minimal amounts of gear with them, lots of camera equipment, and then they film themselves during their period there, and we get to watch it. And I've said numerous times, I think Les Stroud's show that he had on, Survivor Man, and the show alone are, in my estimation, the only shows that I feel like that are really worthy of watching to learn something about survival. Because mindset development and mindset uh, understanding is key. It's absolutely key. And seeing how people handle things on their own is very interesting. And you don't get to see that very often. I've been there, done that. I've done two 30 day trips by myself alone. And it's those events are the things that one of the biggest things that have happened in my life to inform me into what it is that I teach and train and write about and podcast about and all that goes along with it. So I love it that we get to see this on this TV show, but the point being is that somebody had said, oh, Craig Cottle could knock that out. He could go 100 days and wouldn't have any trouble, and th that's just not true. I mean, I'm really 
capable in my little neck of the woods here in the eastern wood, wood, eastern woodlands, mixed hardwood forest of Kentucky. I've spent most of my life outdoors, so I'm very comfortable outdoors and feel like I can handle myself fairly well if I was thrust into a survival situation here. However, you put me in the desert or you put me in the Arctic, and then I'm probably going to freeze to death in the Arctic or probably uh, die of dehydration in the desert because I just don't. I'm not familiar with those environments. So I, I was having this discussion as a means of encouraging people to recognize what your limits are. I recognize what my limits are. And at the same time, when you make mistakes, learn from them. And, you know, this, this has come up a lot uh, recently because it seems like we are beginning, we as a country in the United States are getting more and more polarized on basically everything. Everything there seems to be, you've got to get on one side or the other. Or it seems that that's what gets uh, put forth to us on the news. I think, quite frankly, that most of us are somewhere in the middle. And the polarized people are the ones that are, you know, moaning and groaning most and posting about it more than often than anything. The reason I want to talk about this sort of thing, try to figure out how to get past this polarization, is because I really truly believe at this point, and I, I've never said this before, and I'm saying it now, I truly believe that we are headstrong, headed right at a civil war in this country if we do not fix ourselves. We've got to come up with a solution. And I think for a lot of people, getting into a civil war seems like, yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, yeah, I get to do my thing and blah, blah, blah. And nobody, nobody wants to do that when they get in the middle of it. They want to talk that talk. They want to talk smack. And they want to talk about how they want to shoot people in the face and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And that is just, that is not something that we want to be engaged in. I don't want to be engaged in that thought process in my mind, let alone in my physical self. Not to say that I don't train to defend myself, I do. I mean, I do that on a regular basis. I do that, I, I train so I can defend myself in a situation where, you know, a war is erupted around me as well. But with that said, because of that, I want to do everything in my power to get past it so that we don't get engaged in that sort of behavior and that sort of activity. And a lot of it comes down to cognitive dissonance. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Now, let me give you an example. For those of you who um, were alive in the late 90s, there was this cult called Heaven's Gate Cult. And that cult, um, they basically end up killing themselves. But one of the things that happened during the process, and a lot of this information uh, about cognitive dissonance came from a friend of mine. He's, he's a mentor of mine in many ways as it, re as, re as it relates to mental health. And so he's been really helpful to me learning about mental health and how to overcome some problems and, and uh, try to help people overcome problems and, and whatnot. So um, he shared an article on his Facebook page from The Atlantic. And I've read a few things from The Atlantic, and I'm just not a huge fan of it, but I thought this article was really good. It was a little political, but it wasn't too bad. But basically, this article goes into a little bit of detail about Heaven's Gate. If you're not familiar with it, this cult, they felt like there was a spaceship that was going to come in behind Halley's Comet. And and uh, it was basically riding in the, the uh, flash or the downstream side of Halley's Comet. And as it passed by Earth, the spaceship was going to pick them up and whisk them away to paradise or some variation of it or their variation of it. 
and some of the members of the cult uh, bought an incredibly expensive telescope to take a view of the comet and the spaceship coming behind it because they were so excited about it. And after they got the telescope and looked at it, uh, they didn't see the spaceship. So they got really upset and took the telescope back and said they wanted their money back because it didn't work because they couldn't see the spaceship. And I, I think you see the point here is that there was no spaceship. There never was a spaceship. And they were so tied into their belief system they could not see, as we say here in Kentucky, the forest for the trees. That's cognitive dissonance. And that is happening on a large scale around us as we go on and move through this pandemic. And let's just pull out the idea of wearing masks. And I'm not saying that there's not reasonings for people to be upset on both sides, but I want to try to break it down so that we can at least try to grow from it and recognize where we can grow, where we may be able to admit a mistake. I'm not saying that one way or the other is a mistake. I'm just saying, let's see if we can break this down so that we can figure out if we are making a mistake. And here's why I bring this up, because at some point in time, and this is some points that uh, the gentleman that, that I was referencing earlier that's mentored me in a lot of things. These are three points that he brought up to me, and I thought they were worthy of sharing. Number one, at some point in time, we, we've got to admit that we just don't know what's going on with this pandemic. It's a novel virus. And I think the mistake that some people have made, some organizations have made, particularly the CDC and the WHO, and maybe even federal and state, and definitely uh, federal and state governments have made, is that they haven't put out enough information and made it abundantly clear that this is a new virus and we just don't know a whole lot about it. I think that's been a major problem, okay? And the reason I think that's a major problem is that at some point in time, we've got to recognize, hey, you know, I really don't know. We don't know what's going on with it. And people demand information, particularly in a situation where you start shutting down schools and businesses and all the stuff that go along with it, you know, and, and you're telling people this, and we've got to shut it down because of this, then... If that does not, if this thing does not come true or is not true, then it tends to make you want to disbelieve or not have faith in that organization. For example, here in Kentucky, there's, there was a lot of closures that were made. And quite frankly, from my personal perspective, I don't think they were warranted. And the reason I say that is because some of these businesses were shut down and said that this would happen if, if we didn't shut down. And then other places in the country, other places in the world didn't do this, and they're just fine. And so, you know, that, that lends itself to, man, I just, I just don't know that we're doing the right thing. And so the key here, though, in my opinion, and this is the way that our state government should have handled it. I think this is the way the federal government, the WHO, the CDC, I think they all should have handled it, is to literally just say, you know, make it abundantly clear. If there's something that you're saying every day, it's this, we don't know. We're learning more about this every day. And open yourselves up to, hey, saying, hey, we're going to make some mistakes and we, we may have to come back on that and redo this, okay? That's point number two, is that there may be a time where you come back and say, you know, I made a mistake. And 
as one UFC fighter, Conor McGregor, that I enjoyed watching because he's just entertaining. I'm not a huge UFC fan, but I just thought this cat was entertaining. Uh, he lost a match that was fairly important, and he said after the match, you know, I'm either winning or I'm learning. And I really like that. He, I thought it was rather insightful from a guy that fights for a living. Um, I, I've, I don't say it that way. I've said it different ways, but I think that's a really good way of looking at it is you're either doing okay or you're learning. There is no mistakes. Make, making, making mistakes or failing at something does not make you a failure of a person. And, you know, there's things that come up, and I talked about this recently in another Manly Musing segment, about, you know, divorce, for example, or um, anything of that nature where something happens and you want to blame yourself, and probably you did have something to do with it. Maybe you failed at something, but that doesn't make you as a person a complete and total failure. That just means, hey, I failed, made a mistake, you learn from it, you don't do it again, that sort of thing. Point number three that I think is worthy of our discussion is that, and I alluded to this already as well, is that new data emerged and we really have to consider our previous conclusions. I mean, we seriously got to look at it. And I'll give you a case in point right now. As I'm looking at it, the 13th of July, you know, they opened up the beaches in Florida because the whole state of Florida is probably going to go bankrupt because they make all their money <laughs> for the most of the money that they earn in that state from, you know, tourist activities on beaches. And just the COVID cases have skyrocketed there. Why are they skyrocketed? Well, we really need to know why. Is it because they opened up the beaches? Is it because there's more tests? Is it because of this or is it because of that? The point I'm trying to make is, and I'm trying again, not to say that one way is right or the other. What I'm trying to say is when we look at that, it would be easy with cognitive dissonance which is where we don't want to admit our mistakes, say that as soon as we see, yeah, it's the cases have spiked. Let's say that we're on the side of not wearing a mask. Okay, let's just assume that for a moment. And we see that cases have spiked. Okay, well, that's because um, testing has spiked. There's been an incredible exponential increase in testing. Therefore, obviously, there's going to be more people that are found with COVID-19. So I hope that makes sense. Now, what we need to recognize is that is there. That's a, that's a thing that is a real thing that happens to us. If we recognize that as a thing, then we can do what we can to overcome it. If we don't recognize that we ourselves are doing that, then it's impossible to overcome it. You just can't. You'll just stick to your political ideology. Your, you'll stick to your your current normalcy bias, whatever it is, the way that you want to think, you'll stick to it. And rather than looking at it like a scientific process, you know, the scientific method, I've been saying this for years now, golly, I've been saying this for a long time. If we approach survival like it's eighth grade science, then we'd all be much better off at survival. I mean, we look at something, we have a hypothesis about it, we test it, we get results, and then we share those results with others. That's a real quick and dirty look at the scientific process that you learned in eighth grade science, I'm sure. Okay. Now, with that in mind, if we, we look at something and we test it out and it just doesn't come true, then, then we know that we were proven wrong. And it's easy to have preconceived ideas of how, how you want things to work out. And that's why, you know, as far as running the survival school like I do, uh, Nature Reliance School, 
that's why it's worth people to spend their money to come to a class, for example, with us at Nature Reliance School because I've made those mistakes. And I've literally, and here's the other thing that I've done that a lot of people haven't, is that I've sit and watched people in class make mistakes over and over and over again. And we're not the type of school that hammers people over mistakes. We, obviously, like I'm talking today, we encourage people to learn how to grow out of those mistakes. So the point I'm trying to make is that if you have somebody that's had a lot of wisdom, had a lot of knowledge, or a lot of experience, then... Take an opportunity to learn from them. Look at them. Uh, see what you can take from the situation. You know, I'm not quite, cr- quite frankly, and I'm, I'm not trying to be demeaning at all. I'm not really interested in paying attention to a bunch of do-gooder, trustafarian 23-year-olds as it relates to this particular pandemic. I mean, they just don't have much life experience. They don't have much knowledge. They haven't had time to really get into, you know, in-depth training. You know, the big thing that keeps coming up to me is statistics is people really don't know how to read statistics. And I know I'm kind of a um, killjoy when it comes to to statistics a lot of the time because I have a degree in statistics and I really look at how they're worded, how they're written. You know, means and averages, those are different things and they mean very different things. And so understanding just terminology when it comes up in news articles and blogs about the t- statistics of the pandemic is about as valuable as anything else to me, to me, obviously, because that's what I have some training in. But, you know, I, I tend to want to listen to people that are in the middle of it, in the muck of it. And I had some people lecturing me. I was saying some things about Antifa and BLM. And I think I said this recently in my Marxist manly musings where I talked about how to overcome Marxism. And I had some people lecturing me, tell me what be uh, particularly uh, Black Lives Matter is all about. And they were saying that the protests and the riots were a certain thing. And what they didn't know is I had been working security in the middle of the riots. I had been working there and had friends and family that were working in the middle of the riots. And so we had literal boots on the ground information on what was going on there, solid intelligence, solid investigative work by others, and knew literally what's happening as well as we were seeing with our own eyes what was happening, and I had people tell me that that was not happening. And and, and most of these people, again, were, you know, do-gooders trying to, you know, throw on their pseudo-moralistic hierarchy upon me, and that's just, I just don't have time for it. Well, uh, I wanted to break this up into a couple of segments. So I'm going to go ahead and stop this one here. I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk some more about this article from the Atlantic, talk a little bit more about cognitive dissonance and how we can overcome it. Talked a whole lot about that. It's there. Hopefully you can recognize that it's there, but let's do what we can when we come back in part two is figure out how to overcome it. So with all things survival show podcast, keep it simple, be positive and stay sharp.